This is Entropic Talks. that is something that uh, i also realized because in my first job when i was there i used to work a lot like a lot you can say it was and plus it's just it was a startup so uh, the culture over there was like very very fast paced right i mean you're not given one responsibility in 10 things to do and they won't be kind of spoon feeding or they won't be holding your hand kind of to guide so you have to do everything on your own hmm. so uh, that was a very intense culture that i worked in the first 10 months of my career uske baad uh, i came to mumbai yahan pe the culture was pretty chilled out because it's more of a you can say it, it's it's basically like a corporate working like a startup but again it's not as hectic as a startup aisa nahi hai ki you will be given a lot of things so that's the thing so it became pehla i think i think i focused on learning first 6 7 months i focused on intense learning because it was one new channel that i was learning and uske baad when i kind of uh, Eased out in the room, then I started looking at other things, so, or probably reading, or probably you know, financially educating myself for whatever I want to do. So just so, say I kind of switched out. So so how did you uh, get into marketing? Uh, so because see, I know you yeah. you did your bachelor's in electrical engineering, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yes. So how did you transition to marketing? See, my uh, in my second year, if you remember, we were in the theater club in SRM University, right? Now I was uh, not very happy with the theater club, to be honest, because I thought, okay, fine, so it's one thing that I'm doing, but I do not want to kind of do only this for the four years of my engineering. I also want to look at for other things that I can do. Hmm. So then came this uh, one organization called the Climber, which was hmm. uh, having these student chapters in uh, various parts of the country, right? and Chennai was the place where that startup kind of originated from. Like the co-founders, they started in Nizam. They Uh, some of the co-founders they belong to SRM, so they basically made startup in Chennai, and from there the student culture kind of evolved, right? So there was this chapter, and uh, a few of my classmates uh, in electrical branch only were there in uh, this particular thing. Mm. Uh, so I got in touch with them. They told me that you should actually, you know, come and probably be you know, a part of it. You should kind of give it a try and just see mm. how it is, what it is. So I just filled the form. Okay, there was this application form that had come out, and I had never seen such a You know, you can say like for any organization, like we had seen Arush, we had seen Bilan in our you know our college fests. They had these uh, uh you know interviews that used to take place. So mm-hmm. you can just go and apply, and you can stand in the line, and then your chance will come to the interview. They'll probably take you, right? Mm-hmm. So this was a little different. This was like you had to fill like a three-page Google form application mm-hmm. in which you had to write about why do you want to join, what are your skills, okay, what do you think, uh, what does the term passion mean, all that stuff. Why say I basically kind of got selected in that entire thing, mm-hmm. and initially for the first six months when I was there, I did sales, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and it was not sales like just you have to do sales. There is a target or a sale kind of remove. It was just like learning. So you have to kind of reach that target, and along with that, you have to do event management. So I was in the event management team, and our target was basically sales. And I think you know sometimes you realize that you have one good uh, skill in you that is probably pitching or probably talking to people, right? So I knew that I can talk to people. I knew that I had this. Uh, I did not have a stage fear of going ahead and kind of performing or doing anything. But I did not know where I can, whether I can pitch an idea to a person. Can I make them buy a product? Which they do not know anything about. So that was that one skill which I kind of, uh, I, I would say, kind of you know worked on for the next six months. I, I would say I, I became decent at it. Okay, and uh, then I got really interested in marketing because my idea was that okay. If I'm able to sell this idea to someone, this person should know about this product that I'm selling, right? Now, how do I make the consumer know that there is this kind of product that exists in the market? So for that, you need marketing. And when I used to see uh, my other teams, like there were multiple teams in Bangalore, right? so there was this one team of marketing, and the way they used to kind of uh, do the campaigns, the way they used to uh, do publicity of the event. So I was like, I want to learn this now. And from there, I kind of stepped into the role of marketing. I uh, kind of uh, Then the next term, the next six months, I kind of did sales, I did marketing, event management, all that went side by side, and then I eventually got selected as the vice president marketing for the Climber, and uh, we kind of conducted two major events in head. One was in Hyderabad, and one was in Chennai. So virtually, I had to kind of contact the team and work with them. So from there, I kind of got interested, and 
one more thing that I believe that a lot of students do not do, and uh, I, I mean, if you're an SRM, I think one of the biggest uh, things you have over there is the library. Hmm. I think that is like the gold mine. Okay, if you're paying like eight lakhs for that university, trust me, you're paying eight lakhs for that library that is there. Because if you're able to read one book one month also, right? So you're basically there for four years, forty-eight months you're spending over there, right? If you're able to read even one book, let's say in one month. That's that's good enough for you to kind of settle on whichever stream you want to kind of go. So I, when I kind of got interested in marketing, now my idea was now I want to educate myself. Now I cannot just go and read a blog and kind of think that okay, I've learned everything. So I started reading books on branding, on advertisement, on uh, what are the twenty-two laws of advertisement, how does copywriting work. Okay, uh, I read books uh, which were written by Philip Kotler on uh, how to brand a product, what is branding, all these things, and from there I got interested. So from there, I kind of started learning. I kind of worked in Timber again. I became the president eventually. <laughs> and uh, then I think uh, for placements, I was just eyeing for those companies which were offering a marketing role. And uh, then I think my first company came in and they were offering a digital marketing role. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get uh, And I got selected in that. And from there, I think, you know, it kind of started off uh, into the professional career. Of marketing. Okay. Uh, well, that's, that's, that's nice. <laughs> While I was listening to you, mm. another question came mind. You transitioned from sales to marketing, correct? Mm. So, yeah. is there any particular link between sales and marketing? See, uh, sales is a subset of marketing, right? I mean, uh, for example, you might have never seen Elon Musk market Tesla, right? I mean, they don't have any banners, they don't have any ads, uh, but still, sales are happening. You see, people are buying Tesla. Then on the other hand, you see that uh, a Coca-Cola, no one is calling you and asking you to buy Coca-Cola. You just see their marketing advertisements, you see their advertisements and you're like, okay, I'm going to buy it. So technically, if you see, they both support each other okay? because none can exist without the other one. There has to be like a coexistence. Now, if you talk about what is marketing and what is the difference between sales, the difference between the two. See, sales is, so I, I would say what marketing is first, but it's a, it's a subset of marketing. Right? So marketing is the biggest of it. Marketing is about creating a list of potential customers, potential audiences who will eventually buy your product. Okay? Okay. And the way you can do that is by uh, creating different touch points where your consumer might be present. So for example, if let's say uh, I basically uh, take an example, let's say in Delhi, if I go to uh, a specific mall right, and I want to sell shoes, so that is a good target uh, basically a good market for me to sell shoes because my audience would come there. Okay. But now if I'm selling something like, uh, let's say, a very random thing, you know, what do you think of random? Let's say if I want to sell airplanes, I cannot sell airplanes in a mall. Because okay. I don't think my audience will come there, right? So you have to kind of create, you have to find those markets where your audiences will be present. Now in the olden days, like I would say in the ancient days, is, or not the ancient days, but uh, before the social media came out, uh, the thing was that the audiences were present in physical markets. Like we used to go to, uh, you know, our markets that were there in the cities, and we used to buy products over there. We used to see these big banners. We used to see, uh, you know, these TV advertisements because people were hooked on televisions. Mm-hmm. All that was there, right? Then when slowly uh, the, uh, televisions got more prevalent, people having uh, had having more televisions, we saw these television ads coming. Now everyone wanted a TV ad, even if for let's say five seconds they wanted a TV spot because people are looking at it. And then when social media came in, now everyone knew that, okay, our target audience now has shifted from televisions to mobile phones. They want more personalized experiences. And from there, they started creating those marketing ads, Facebook ads, and all these things started coming up. So technically, in one line, it's basically a process of creating a potential customer base. Right? Mm-hmm. Buy now, sales is basically nothing that when you create that potential customer base, it's about closing the customer. It's about now, okay, we have kind of truly what the product is all about. We have sold that story to you. Now it's about you uh, who has to buy the product. Mm. Yeah, and sometimes it becomes very difficult when the price of that particular thing that you're buying is lot. So mm. if I have to, let's say, go to Starbucks and buy that one cup of coffee, it'll probably cost me a lot. But branding and the marketing is done so well that I want that cup of coffee. Mm. But if you talk about, let's say, some other institutes, right, where they're, they're, they're selling these online courses, the online courses that they're selling, they are very, very, I would say, expensive. So they need sales executives who can kind of call and tell the, you know, let's say the customer that, okay, these are the benefits that you need. Because you're not, it's not possible to tell all the benefits in one ad. 
that is the thing uh, but again if your marketing is very strong enough if your brand is strong enough you don't need to don't need any sales team you need hmm. a sales executive i would say who will call you up you need a sales team because you need to track that how many sales are happening in every region but you do not need a person calling you every 30 minutes and asking that whether you want to buy this product you will yourself buy that product and that's done if you build a strong brand so that okay. is the, the link is between these two okay um okay so it's basically that one gets the customer to your door and the mm-hmm. other person gets the customer from the door inside the building yeah exactly okay um then what do you think about um ethics in marketing where do you think that that line lies actually see uh, if you talk about ethics in marketing then definitely we have uh, advertisement laws that are there which are there in every country right and i think uh, i'm not I'm, i've not read about this specifically but there are specific laws that i'm pretty sure about that you cannot market something in a specific manner hmm. right you cannot uh, use derogatory material or any obscene material to kind of market away the product but when you talk about marketing products that uh, are not good enough right hmm. and uh, you uh, when you buy them then you realize that okay this product is not very good see the fact is no one can stop you from selling anything right hmm. uh, no one can stop you from selling any legal thing i'm saying hmm. or anything that is you know, kind of legalized by the government but you can sell what your skills are so for example today if i have learned c++ hmm. either i can do a, i can make a free course on udemy and launch it uh, by the way there are hundreds of free courses available on hmm. c++ or i can kind of make a course on it and sell it off hmm. right and there are people who would buy that it's not that there are no there is there is no one who, who will buy that because there are people who buy these courses which are expensive enough okay mm-hmm. and then they kind of go on it and the other person comes and tells them like you know what this course was freely available on youtube why did you mm-hmm. kind of pay so much money for it mm-hmm. right so no one can stop you from selling your particular idea or your particular skill that you acquired mm-hmm. but it's about the consumer basically to understand whether it's you know it's it's basically Uh, suitable for them or not, because no one is forcing you to buy anything, right? It's it's upon your choice. You're paying that particular customer. It's upon your choice. So that research is very important because I'm pretty sure before buying a smartphone, you do thousands of research. You go on the net, you look at YouTube videos, you look at uh, blogs, you talk to your friends, because you're making a very expensive purchase. Mm-hmm. But you, when you're buying a course of two hundred rupees, you think, "Hey, two hundred rupees is good." But that's not the mentality. You have to do research there also. that am i going to get the same value of this 200 rupees for free anywhere else can i probably do a research on youtube can i ask my friends can i ask my uh, college senior who is in uh, let's say in the field of marketing or in the field of web designing hmm. can i kind of get in touch with them and kind of get so that's basically two two three days of extra research hmm. right so what i would say is that if you find any such product which is being sold to you at a very cheap price right hold your thoughts for two days do your research okay ask your friends ask your Or seniors, ask your uh, I think people who you think so. Everyone has that one friend who is an expert in one field, right? Hmm. Ask them. Or if you do not have any friends, just go go into a simple Google search. Yeah. Right. So I actually I'll tell you one very basic thing. So, uh, I uh, I wanted to learn uh, uh, the harmonica, right? I'm currently learning the harmonica as well. So I first thought that I'll join a class uh, where I'll pay them some money and they'll teach me. But while it is before I kind of went and I searched for classes in Pune, I just did a simple Google search beginner lessons for harmonica, hmm. and then I found a beautiful website where that person has made a website where he has kind of uh, given lesson one, lesson two, lesson three like these all these lessons, mm-hmm. and in front of all those lessons he has given a YouTube video, right? Oh. And that YouTube video is not of the same YouTuber; it's basically of the different YouTubers who are there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the best lesson in that specific scale. Let's say if you want to learn Sari Gama, so whichever YouTuber has taught that particular lesson in the best way possible, he has given that link. So technically, you are getting the best possible material on one website. So why would you pay thousand rupees or two thousand rupees to a particular professor? Getting mm-hmm. my point. But again, the point is, if you want to learn something at the starting, then this good. If you want to become an expert at it, then definitely you'll be needing courses, right? Mm-hmm. But again, the research is very important. So. I think that is what uh, comes to I think the entire ethical question that you asked me of what is the correct I think thing to market. But yeah, you can market anything to be honest. It's about the consumer that is kind of thing. And yeah, one last point: if your product is not good, there's no point in marketing because people will eventually find it out. Yeah. So it it yeah that that would be hmm. um, what you 
what do you think about all the hype around Zomato IPO? Okay, see, Zomato IPO, so I cannot go into the depths of the entire thing because I had uh, done the research, the, the basically the fundamental analysis of this long back, I think two months ago. So I have, uh, I'm a bit wary of the details, but I'll tell you a basic idea of an IPO. Right? So why does a company go public? Because obviously they want to raise money, hmm. right? Now, uh, see, buying stock, buying a share is just like buying a product, hmm. right? I mean, uh, for example, I have uh, the phone of, like the smartphone that I use is a OnePlus, hmm. right? Now, I have used this phone for almost four years and I plan on using this phone for the next four years as well because this phone has not deteriorated till then. Okay, now the fact is that if I buy a stock, hmm. can I get the same value out of that stock as well? Will that stock also grow over time? Because this phone is saving me a lot of money right now. Mm-hmm. I can go in the market and I can buy a new iPhone or let's say any smartphone, but I don't want to buy it because it's saving me money. Mm-hmm. So can the stock also make me money over time? Right? Now, mm-hmm. when you want to understand whether the stock can do well or not, you do a fundamental analysis. Now, for those of the people who do not know what fundamental analysis is, you basically look at the basics of the company, right? You basically look at the fund, the finances of the company. For example, if I'm owning a business, am I making a profit year on year? Okay. If I'm making a profit, then is my profit increasing? Right. Okay. If my profit is increasing, am I increasing my operations? If my operations are increasing, that's good. But am I increasing my, let's say, you know, you can say, am I increasing the uh, margin on my products? So if mm-hmm. I was making, let's say, 10 rupees per profit before, now I'm selling, let's say, uh, the same quantity, but I'm making a 15 rupees per. Mm-hmm. Right. So is my product basically being accepted by the market base? Am I kind of getting a lot of customers or not? Right. And also, how is the competition? Right. And the last factor I would say is, it's, it's not the last factor, but the last thing that I want to say here is that uh, if I'm the business owner, how much trust do I have in my own brand? Mm-hmm. Right? If let's say I do not trust my product, then who else do? Mm-hmm. I don't expect XYZ person to trust my product if I only don't trust my product. Right? So if you look at Zomato, the fundamentals that I talked about, profit, the, the growth, the competition, the promoters holding. Promoters holding is nothing but the, the founder. How much mm-hmm. percent stake that they have in the that? So all these things are not very strong in Zomato's case. Mm-hmm. So I can say that fundamentally the stock is not very strong enough. Mm-hmm. Right? But there is a second side to it, which you said, the marketing side of it, right? Mm-hmm. Now uh, I would say that the Zomato hype is there only because of marketing. Definitely that's a part of it, but it's also because of one more thing that you might have seen in the past few months the stock market, which I also learned recently. Uh, there is something known as retail investors who mm. have just entered the stock market because the stock market currently is in a bull run, right? It's kind of going up. But if you look at the crypto market, it's on a bearish uh, scale right now. So if I ask any uh, new investor who has just started their uh, investing journey today that you want to invest in crypto today because it's kind of at a lower price, they will say, no, I don't want to invest because it's going down, right? And I lose my all money. That's the fear that they have. And the thing with the stock market is this one amazing fairy land where my money is kind of, you know, that is, yeah, yeah, in my paisa double strategy so that, that they have in their mind. So because of this, they kind of uh, are coming and they're buying the products without even understanding that what is the fundamental of that particular thing, right? Exactly. And I mean, the, yeah, exactly, uh-huh. yeah. I, I was saying that even, even, even the pandemic has uh, hmm. added to it because people are staying at home. They have more mm-hmm. money to themselves because they're not going out and spending things. Plus, uh, as people have seen that, okay, even even after the pandemic hit, the market is on a bullish run. Mm-hmm. Because usually when any, any global calamity happens, like in the 2008 uh, market crash, so people expected that it would go down, but it didn't. Yeah. So I guess that was another factor that users are more likely to invest more in uh, the stocks without researching because they just have their money. Yeah, so exactly. So the way it works is basically, uh, if you if you ask a friend who is into investments, who has been doing this for a long time, they would give you the correct advice. And you know what? It's in a bull market right now, but uh, we never know when the market will crash. Okay? Because if it crashes, it will crash properly because it will be a big crash. Because you see, for the past uh, 10 years, Nifty, that's the index right on the National Stock Exchange, has been hitting consistent highs. Right. I mean, I was, uh, when I started learning about investing and stock markets and everything, I was shocked to see that, okay, Nifty is so high. 
every day you see that okay it's touching a new high every day you see that all the stocks are touching their 52 week high mm-hmm. so if you talk to a person who is very well known about it they'll say that you know what it's in a bull run you never know when it can crash so it's not a good idea to put all your money into it you can mm-hmm. definitely do uh, let's say you can put some money in some stocks and all that but what i would say majority of the people would be doing who are just entering this journey is that they would be taking tips from mm-hmm. their friends right and that friend might have just started their journey probably let's say in the march 2020 when the market dipped and mm-hmm. they're like you know what i invested 100 rupees it has become 500 rupees now they want to also kind of come to the journey without understanding that how this entire thing works mm-hmm. right and that kind of creates that pump in the stock market due to which the valuation kind of increases every day so that is like a i, I would say a very uh, i would say a very bad thing because see one thing i know that money is coming in the stock market that's very good but what will the companies do with so much money they also have to invest it somewhere right i mean i today if i give you uh, let's say 1 crore rupees to kind of scale up your entropic talks you will be like okay what will i do with this 1 crore now i have no idea i don't have any plan i don't have any strategy in place right i do not know what i don't have employees till now man what will i do with this 1 crore so that's the fact and when eventually things will kind of start easing out when they'll see okay it's not all uh, you know let's say fairy tales and everything the mm-hmm. market will kind of correct itself that time these retail investors and the people who have not done their research will understand and okay you know what it was a bad decision and that can also create a problem because you know, that's that's something that people will start losing money at that time okay basically uh, if you if you talk to an investor like i have not been in the startup ecosystem for a very long time right so i i do not know a lot about funding i do not know about what exactly goes into the investor's mindset but i know what exactly an investor would look if they are investing in a particular brand basically when you talk about any venture capitalist or any person who is putting their money technically they want their money to be 10 20x or 30x by the next few years right that's that's the goal because they want to make money eventually right no one will be investing in a product because they think okay this has uh, the massive impact of changing the world i mean i don't think that's the i would say the root goal of mm-hmm. any investor mm-hmm. now the second thing is that if an investor is investing into something in any startup okay i'm pretty sure they would think 10 times before doing that because mm-hmm. there are multiple rounds of uh, talks there are multiple uh, you know let's say presentations that you have to kind of give there are a mm. lot of things that kind of goes around if you want mm. to raise the fund right so if people who you know who have raised this amount of money mm. i would say it can ha- it can be that the product might be a little different from what they are kind of offering mm-hmm. second thing it can be that they are kind of creating it for the indian audiences right just for the indian ecosystem it can be that as well i mean mm. you see that uh, there's there's no there's no problem in stealing ideas copying copying and stealing are two different things i think mm-hmm. i was recently having a conversation with one of my friends and we discussed on this so what is the difference between copying and stealing so if i basically create a, something like a pubg right mm-hmm. and i create like a replica of pubg and i call it that okay we have created it's basically copying and stealing like the entire thing as it is stealing is that i take the concept of this open world i would say uh, what do you call it this battleground scenario and i create my own game like all the other all the other like all of the battlefield all these people have also eventually done because it's all that okay this is the next thing that people want right so if i mean it it also yeah. goes for like tiktoks and reels and exactly TikToks. exactly 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 so what instagram did was not copying basically just stole the idea that, okay fine you know what snapchat is doing this we'll have stories if instagram is doing then whatsapp and facebook eventually they'll also have the same and now linkedin also probably tried this and uh, i and think twitter also twitter also yeah did that so it's basically just you know ensuring that so whatever it's again coming back to the original question that you asked me marketing and selling so whatever is appealing to the consumer that can make me stay on the app right so that is what i do 
so if people are doing that thing that where they are taking a concept and they're kind of personalizing it for the indian audiences they're personalizing for let's say the thing that they want to target that's that's good enough hmm. but if they're adding their own touch to it that's perfectly fine but again if they are just replicating they're ripping it off then it won't work yeah, because you cannot compete with discord if you're creating huh. another discord right uh, people definitely why would a person go to let's say some other instagram when there is a already an instagram Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have your friends. You have such a big community. Uh, one reason can be, yeah, uh, definitely if uh, uh, that platform is saturated. So mm-hmm. if let's say YouTube is saturated, there would be Trello that would come up. So mm-hmm. you can create all these small small videos and you can post, right? So that can be one of the reasons. But again, it's it's all about what is the the basic concept is. If, are you kind of stealing that idea or copying that idea, right? Mm-hmm. So that is the I would say fundamental. Okay. Okay. So. Okay, another question. Yeah. How did you commit Marksell, the Marksell, and how did you get the idea of starting something? Yeah, right, right. So, see, Marksell is for me. I would say currently, I have not defined it exactly what it is. Right, I cannot call it a brand because it's not a brand first of all. I cannot call it uh, like a side hustle because it's technically not a side hustle. A side hustle should be something that kind of gives you money. So, currently, Marksell is not giving me any money. Right. For me, what Marcel was that uh, when I was in college, I used to find uh, I w- I would say some sort of a difficulty in getting interesting case studies. You know, reading about different brands, reading about different case studies because hmm. definitely we had the internet, we had Google, we can kind of go and search. But something in a very I would say consumable format that I can swipe and kind of understand that what was the idea behind. Okay, and for a fact, I know that students in India uh, forget about. Building an expertise, they don't even take the first step of knowing what their expertise is, what they're good at, exploring things. Okay, or many people are just let's say I would say a lot of students in India they are comfortable by just sitting at their homes and probably playing PUBG or playing let's say some computer games and just uh, doing their normal routine. Probably going to college, coming back, playing games and then sleeping, then again doing the same. So for me, it was that if students are not able to even take that first step in understanding what exactly they want, right? I mean, we talked about the SRM library. How many times, mm-hmm. let's say, a person might have gone to the library? If you ask them, average three, four times in, let's say, those four years. Mm-hmm. Some people might have not even entered the library. Very my point. So that's the that's the that's the fundamental challenge which we face today. Mm-hmm. That people do not want to explore, right? And my idea was that I want to give out some content in which I'll also start learning because I like reading about different brands, in which I can kind of share whatever I'm reading with the people, mm-hmm. right? And eventually, my idea was to. Build, let's say, a community of people where everyone can kind of help each other out. So, if let's say I know things about LinkedIn marketing, I can probably create a simple post on it, and I can kind of put it on YouTube or somewhere else where people can go and learn about. If I am facing, so for example, like, as you said, that uh, you basically got an offer from an, from a US based company, and you are facing problems, like, should I go for it or should I do it? So, that is the basic kind of community I wanted to build. And my idea was to get a lot of students from different colleges who basically have the mindset that they cannot learn or the how I don't know how to learn, I don't know what to do. It's basically mm. very simple to Google stuff and get to know about it, but they're not taking that first step to kind of get them and then kind of start them working, mm-hmm. right? But the fact is that this is just a very basic idea. I've not thought about it a lot. Mm. For me, currently, Marcel is just like a side project that I do, where I'm learning about designing. Like hmm. if you see my recent posts that I've done, it's basically a bit of you know designing basically that I've kind hmm. of tried. It's mainly for me to learn copywriting. Hmm. It's mainly for me to learn how can I uh, how can I kind of you know uh, encapsulate a very big idea into small ten slides hmm. and explain that to someone who understands. So that's basically what I'm doing currently. I'm just you know uh, you can say it's like a it's like it's like a workshop where I kind of go and just in my brain uh, is to kind of Find my skills also, and at the same time, give something to let's say the users to kind of read. That's right. the basic idea. Right? That's that's nice. But that's mm-hmm. that is what I mean. Students need uh, just an entry point. Yeah. Um, I had I had a session with Rakul Mehra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I had a session with him last time, last week, mm-hmm. and we I had a session uh, with him on leadership and. Uh, like mm. and all those things. And mm. he already is building a community of students. Mm. All 
partnership and all those things. Mm. And I can uh, connect you with him for the same. Yeah, yeah, sure. You can, you can coordinate with him regarding your plans and your ideas and how it fits with his vision of you know helping students around. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful thing. I mean, it will be great to connect with people because one thing that I've realized is that it's very difficult to do it alone. You know, plus when you have a, uh, so the job that I'm in right now, it can get demanding sometimes because, see, we're working for clients who are paying big tickets, right? And they're paying big money. Now, there has to be some level of uh, perfection that you have to kind of show. Some level of, I would say, uh, you know, promptness that you have to show in the world. So sometimes it can get really challenging. And there were days, I think, initially when I started it off, I think in the month of March, when the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. I, I was spending four or five hours every day on uh, doing this, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, it, it, it it came to a point where I realized that, okay, I have I have been stressing myself a lot, like mm-hmm. a lot. It, it, it became very, very difficult for me to kind of go ahead with this. Mm-hmm. And eventually, uh, at my current job, it became very hectic as well. I got like a lot of responsibilities and I, I understood that, okay, fine, I have to... Uh, pause this for some time mm-hmm. because I cannot uh, do it something half-hearted, mm-hmm. right? And then I started it again because I was like, okay, you know what? Let's let's just make it simple. Let's just post one case study in a week, mm-hmm. okay? And let's just not think about uh, going very hard. Of it. Let's just kind of do it for learning in the beginning, and then slowly we'll kind of gain skills. So mm-hmm. the YouTube video I think that I launched uh, approximately three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I had planned to start a YouTube channel in 2018. Okay. Really, that was so bad in time. And my idea was that I just talk about my life, I do daily blogging and all that stuff. Mm. But I did not know how to edit. I did not know how to uh, write a script, all those things. So the first company where I worked at, they kind of taught me, basically we had to make videos. So they taught me a lot of things over there. I learned a lot of things over there. And then when I wrote the script, my sister was very good at it. So mm. she helped me out of that. So now my goal is to kind of learn how to kind of you know, create that entire thing. How can I post uh, one or two videos every week and also mm-hmm. learn editing at the same time. So okay. it's just that learning ground that I have right now. Okay, so yeah, um, if, I, if I summarize about what we have talked now and the basic thing is that we need to learn things. Yeah, Constantly more than, more than that, it's, it's more than learning, I would say, explore things. I mean, uh, huh, huh, so huh. if you know Kunal Shah, I think uh, I was hearing this podcast of him long back, I think in the month of May, I was listening to one of his podcasts. He said that in India, there is no exploring culture. There is no curiosity culture. I mean, people are not curious about things. They're just doing what they're being told to do. So it's like, you pass your 10th standard, you go to, uh, you, you take science, you go to science, you go to IIT, then you do an MBA from an IM. And then if you have any life left, you do a, let's say, master's or a PhD from Harvard, and then you can relax. That's the basic goal that we have, right? Hmm. And then also you won't relax because if you do not get placed at Google or Microsoft or any of the bigger brands that people usually know about in India, then you have not received a job yet. Hmm. It doesn't matter if that company is a big company in the world, but yeah, if you have not a job, then so that's what they've been told, right? And that's what the thing has been. It's easier hmm. for us to say because we come from a background where we have not had to face a lot of hardships. But think about the people who do not have a very basic income to sustain themselves. What will hmm. they do? Right? Where will they go? They just have to follow this now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's good to kind of uh, you know uh, see all these big entrepreneurs talk about that uh, hustle twenty four hours uh, by and kind of you know follow your passion, don't follow the norm. But talk to that mm-hmm. person who cannot do this, who has mm-hmm. to sustain their family. Mm-hmm. And so where will they go? So for them, I just wanted to do something, and I think that's the thing. And I think I would say exploring is more important than just learning things because if you don't explore, then you won't learn. Yeah. For independence, right? Mm-hmm. And 
I, I think this is an infatuated by the idea of looking upon uh, things that are a little out of reach hmm. so that we can just show off it to people who are below us. Like, exactly, exactly. Yeah, see, that, that's what happened during the British uh, rule. Exactly, see, uh, the point is that, uh, so I cannot, uh, so I, I, can, I can tell you one thing that uh, I, have a, I have a few friends who have bought products which is more expensive than the current salary that they earn in one month and they've oh. used it using their credit cards and all that stuff right now see i'm not saying that you should not buy expensive things okay i'm not saying that you should not have a good lifestyle that's that's bullshit you should have a comfortable lifestyle where you're having certain good things that you can kind of cherish because hmm. you cannot be in that mindset to just work here right? you're a human being you're not a pretty robot right so the fact is that when you talked about the status games thing uh there is this one amazing tweet that I, the tweet thread that is there by Naval Ravi Khan, if you know him. So. Yeah. So, it's basically, it basically comes from there. This idea comes from there. Okay? That people play status games. They don't play wealth games. Right? Because if you play status games, then what will happen is that, hey, you know what? My car is better than yours. So, we'll compete with each other. Right? We'll be like, okay, you know what? I want to show off to my community that I have a better car than that person. Hmm. But if you say that, you know what? We have to make money together. We have to share ideas together. We have to kind of grow together. Then you both will come together. Hmm. Then it won't be about competing. It will be about supporting each other. Okay, I want to now ensure that we all create wealth together. So in that case, what will happen is that if you have a startup, I have a startup, we will focus on collaborating Hmm. rather than competing. And that is what what is happening in America, you know, where people collaborate. If you earn 50,000 rupees, let's say in India today, Hmm. People be like, Are, isko to paisa and he's huh. money minded on that. But you know what the mindset should be? How are you earning 50,000 rupees on the side here? Can you tell me also? Okay, if you're doing a side hustle and if you're earning, let's say, 50,000 a month, I want to learn that skill. I want to learn from you. So, can you please help me out? That isn't saying that you know what, you have become money minded here. You're not thinking about your parents, you're not thinking about your life. You're spending too much time on that stuff. So, that is the mindset that we have here. Huh, it's like crap. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I had a conversation in my office today hmm. about the same area. Hmm. And I got to the conclusion that um, people in India have no trust on each other. Hmm. In general. Trust efficiency, yeah. Yeah. And because of that, people don't trust even people don't trust other people, people don't trust businesses. Hmm. And that is one of the main factors that people leave India to go yeah. abroad. Because collaboration happens other because people trust each other more. Yeah. Hmm. And secondly, businesses don't perform as well as they perform in other countries. Hmm. Because they are still um, competing with each other rather than collaborating. Another see, uh, yeah, it, it's 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 partially true that businesses don't perform well over here because see. Currently, if you look at uh, the businesses that are there in India right now, they're thriving. I mean, in every sector, if you look at the big companies, they're doing well. Uh, I do not know about the small scale and the medium-sized companies because I have not done any research or I don't have any facts to back that particular thing. But I would say that culture is there where people are kind of becoming better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there is a section of society and there is there is a section of let's say mindsets in, in our country where where we do not want the other person to succeed. Mm-hmm. Right. So that is the one thing that is holding us. And yeah, one more thing that you told about the crap mentality thing where you said that uh, people are leaving and they're going outside the nation. Hmm. Uh, have you used the uh, app Clubhouse? Yeah, I have. Used? So I found this one amazing thing on Clubhouse is that even if I do not know you and I've just joined the group, right? It's been not even 10 seconds when I've joined the group. I'm on the speaker's panel hmm. and I'm sharing about my life stories. Hmm. I'm sharing about my ghost stories. I'm sharing about my personal journey. I'm sharing about... Uh, Let's say I'm playing games, I'm having fun with them. Hmm. I'm so comfortable sharing my uh, you know, life stories with them, but people might not know also. Hmm. Right? I do not know the, I do not have I've not seen their faces. Okay, I'm hmm. just listening to their words. So the fact is that we are trusting people at the wrong places. Hmm. Right? We we have that uh, thing that okay, you know what, I can trust you, but not with my money. I can oh. I cannot I cannot and also not with my money, but also not with my students. For example, if Someone would ask me that, hey, can you share my uh, post that I've made on mm. your story 
So a lot of friends help me out. I mean, that's wonderful that I see that a lot of people help me out and they kind of do it without even me kind of pursuing them a lot of times. Mm. But there are people who say that, hey, you know what, I don't actually share things that I don't support. So I'm like, what's, what's there in supporting? I'm not being political. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sharing something that's very obscene or anything. I'm just sharing oh. a fact, right? So that will not do anything to you, but it'll help me a lot. If it can probably get me a few of your community members to follow me and mm. that would actually help me a lot. Hmm. So I kind of get that, but what's that? That's basically a status, right? That I do not want to share this because it it's not actually something that I kind of matched my status. So that is one thing that is there. So that I think is the problem where people are not even ready to support these small businesses. And right right now, I think the mindset is sort of changing. People are now understanding that uh, it's difficult to open a business and it's mm-hmm. difficult to sustain a business. So that I think is it's definitely changing. Um, like you said that um, people in India, students in India particularly, just have one track. Right. And I feel like this is another thing that people who are a, a little more innovative mm-hmm. than most normal students don't find that innovation supporting environment here around in companies. I mean, yeah. I mean there are companies that are coming up with these things, but mm-hmm. usually they're looked down upon, like Yeah, 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 right, right. Mm. Just your boundaries. Like, yeah. You don't need it. So why are you even wasting your time on doing such? So this is another thing that people you know, try to leave country. Yeah, they are part of the problem as well. Because it's inconvenient to take care of the environment, right? I mean, if you're eating, let's say, a packet of chips and uh, you're standing, let's say, on a road and you don't find a dustbin, what is convenient to throw the packet of chips over there and just walk away or just to keep that packet of chips in your pocket and kind of find it as been needed? Definitely throw it there, right? So it's basically about convenience and not caring about the bigger picture that is there. So that's true. And I don't like the people who complain that uh, pollution in India and all this. Just just take a look around you, man. What are you doing in your daily life? What what exactly do you do? I mean, are you are you are, are you even planting a tree in one year? No. Are you gardening the plants that are there, let's say in your locality or in your garden, no. When you go out, do you use a bicycle? Do you walk? No. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, carpooling? No. You don't do all that stuff and you're complaining that there is so much pollution. And mm-hmm. think people say that things don't change with one person's perspective, but you can at least try, right? I mean, no one is telling you that you will change the world. No one, one person cannot change the world, definitely. Mm-hmm. But at least you can start doing it. Right? And then you can probably leave the country and say that, you know what, I did my best, mm-hmm. but I think it will take some more, some more time and then it will become better. I, yeah. Hi, I was saying that even if they leave the country at the, at the point, they're just going to complain about the country that they left to. Yeah, some people do. Some people definitely do. And I'll honestly tell you one thing here, right? So, I, I don't see a problem in complaining about a country, no? I mean, uh, I'll tell you the reason why, why I'm saying this. See, everyone deserves a basic standard of living, right? Where they deserve good oxygen, good air, you know, they want a good locality, they want a noise-free area where they can live. Mm. Everyone deserves better things in life. Mm. Now, if you look at the capitalist mindset, that's the capitalist mindset. That I want better things in life and hence I'll probably go out of the country because it is, it is offering me better things for that same amount of money. Mm. Right? And I would say the nationalistic or I would say the patriotic mindset is that no, it's my country, I want to make it better. Hmm. Both of these things are right at their own cases. There is hmm. nothing wrong in each of them. Right? But the fact is that you cannot complain about something if you have not already done it. Hmm. And in that nationalistic mindset, I would say that you cannot criticize that other people that are leaving the country and they are not helping the country because you're not... I, I won't say that your country is the best right, to live in. I mean, there are hmm. better things out there. So that's the basic thing I would say. So it's fine if people are going out right, and even if they're complaining because there are things that are not all good so that's according to how you see it is that there needs to be a proper mesh between those two things no not a mesh but I would say uh, I mean we have to make uh, let's say India better right I mean if you want to stop brain drain you want to allow people to come back to India right there has to be that kind of thing but at the same time you cannot just sit and be sad about the fact that you know what people are leaving the country that's why we're not developing because it's their choice. It's their choice mm. to kind of do what they want uh, and have a better lifestyle. Mm. 
that's that's your choice you cannot kind of do that mm-hmm. right? and with the globalized world that we're living in currently i don't think this concept of nations and boundaries would probably exist after some time mm-hmm. not after some time but it will take a lot of time i would say right but this concept of nations and boundaries and all these things it, it would kind of become bit uh, i would say transcusive i mean if you look at 100 years ago there were these strong conceptions about our country like you know mm. we are the uh, soviet union we are the usa mm. right? and all these things. but today it's become like okay fine you can see russians in usa you can see us you can see american people in russia so it's become very open in today's world or it become it become more better it it all started with the internet the internet uh, the economy is opening up uh, understanding that we cannot uh, be you know like you know let's say closed society because any closed society today cannot work because today nations do not have all the resources right i need to buy milk from you and i have to give you bread like this take north korea for example yeah exactly take north korea for example or take uh, probably uh, so I, i just finished watching the series how to become a tyrant on netflix right so look at look at those countries who close their economies or were dependent on other countries mm-hmm. they eventually fall and i think that that is what india is also doing i mean they're doing it better i mean it's not that they're going down that critical path in terms mm-hmm. of global politics they are not being dependent on only one country for their oil now they mm-hmm. are kind of finding more players who can kind of support them because corona taught us that okay what the supply chain of the world that is china if mm-hmm. corona happens and that will go down mm-hmm. right and because of which people are not able to buy their ps5s and all these things because of the semiconductor shortages mm-hmm. so now they want other you know, uh, things and that's the basic point you need to have multiple stakeholders and that would eventually kind of see that we have seen the regional complex economic partnership mm. that came up where all the southern uh, southeast asian countries they kind of collaborated mm. okay now there could be free trade there could be uh, movement of goods and services and mm. they could people also they can go freely india did not take part of that because of certain reasons but that's the basic thing right i mean world economies are kind of opening up even more Like mm-hmm. China, as a country like China, they're also understanding this that now we have to open up and we have to collaborate with other nations. I mean, China is just um, now trying to become US, like US did in the past. You know, expand to other countries. Now, China is China focuses on Africa as of now. Okay, I'll tell you. It. I'll tell you a little bit about it. So, see, China follows this. So, uh, uh, the I would say they follow the wrist policy or the I, the I don't know the fist policy you call it whatever you want to call it. So what they say is that this this palm is basically China, right? Sorry, the hand is basically China. The palm is Tibetan plateau, right? And these five fingers are basically the five uh, areas which they want to capture. So one of them is Arunachal Pradesh, right? Uh, which is basically which China say that it's part of their country, not ours. So that is one thing. And the second thing what they're doing is that. they are so what they told me said i forgot the exact term of it but if you have read about the silk road mm. and uh, the way they are kind of building their entire uh, this one road one uh, one road initiative that they have yes. where they're building this one long uh, let's say you know let's say this road where they kind of uh, transport the goods from various countries mm. so what exactly they're doing is that they're indexing the countries yes. all these small oh. countries that are there to build the infrastructure over there and eventually when these countries would be let's say in debt to china then they'll say okay you know what to clear this debt now you give me this part of the port of us yeah this particular thing of us they did they did this in uh, yeah. sri lanka they made their port hmm. sri lanka was not yeah. able to pay them back so now they yeah. have the port exactly even, so that's the thing and even in uh, even in countries in uh, africa yeah so what, they, what they're doing is they have they are uh, building infrastructure projects there exactly assigning those projects to chinese companies they are paying the chinese companies from themselves and then yeah. indebting the country for building the project exactly so they exactly. have to ah, so yeah exactly what you said yeah so that is what china's policy is and see what they what they don't understand is that uh, see small countries definitely they can go and do that right like pakistan also did this did same thing with that uh, pakistan is a bit i would say dumb enough not to understand and see what china is doing because eventually what will happen is that all the resources that that are there i mean all these things would be kind of taken out by china right and then pakistan economy anyways it's very weak right now. so they're relying on china's help right now and once the loan increases how will they pay that off um, and one more thing was that the uh, china came to indians also that you know what this one belt one road initiative that we have 
we want to kind of build a road with you as well. So India said completely no, that we understand what your games are and we don't want to be a part of it. So what China is doing is that they want global dominance. Like mm-hmm. I said, they want to become the next America. But along with becoming the next, like America is like a free country. Right? They want other countries also to be like them. They mm-hmm. want more democracies, right? But China is not like that. China is they want global dominance. They want to control the global trade. Hmm. Right, they want to ensure that whichever country is weak, they want to make it even more weak. Hmm. So that is the particular case. And how India is, let's say, if I go into geopolitics, how India is countering that is. So if China has this uh, string of ports, hmm. right? So India has a string of ports. Hmm. So uh, if you might uh, see that there was this one uh, port in Iran, hmm. was it Iran? Yeah, it, it was Iran. So I forgot the name of the port here. Shit, I'm not able to recall the name of the port. Okay, so uh, Pakistan had this one port which India had destroyed in the 1971 conflict. Okay, that was it. Now China kind of rebuilt that port, and India has built that port, uh, that the new port I'm talking about in in Iran, just besides that uh, port that Pakistan has. Why they have done that is because there is a sea route that Mm -hmm. goes okay through that entire sea. I think it's a Red Sea through which it goes, Mm -hmm. and they want to control that port. Hmm. So if Pakistan and China build that one port, India build the other port right beside it, hmm. so that they can control that. So this is how India is countering all these things slowly, and we don't see the layers of it. We just see, let's say, the surface of it, and we say, okay, why are we going berserk uh, and why are we spending so much money? But it's basically when you go deeper and you see the the ideologies and the reasons why other countries are doing it, it's very easy to understand that why India is kind of in the state right. Hmm. So we can talk like. In length around it, but yeah, coming to the original topic about the fact that uh, people are leaving country uh, in, in, uh, in, in like, India is because they are finding better opportunities outside. Yeah. Right? And that will continue because if you do not get the We are becoming a. People are becoming global citizens. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I guess that's the end of the podcast now. Thank you so much for coming here. I'll Thank you so much, Samir. I'll put your links to your YouTube page uh, and your Instagram page. The description. Okay, so sure. we can follow you uh, and get more content from your side. Sure, and thank you so much. Thank you so much for this opportunity, and uh, it was a great talk here. I mean, really nice talk.